Hello and welcome to Your 8 Pal by me, Roscoe Burns, a podcast dedicated to men chatting about their mental health. The podcast is a way for men to share, to discuss and be open about their mental health. Listeners are advised that some of the topics may be triggering with potential mentions of addiction, self-harm, abuse and suicide. With that being said, I feel these topics are important to talk about and to share. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Your 8 Pal. Welcome to another episode of Your 8 Pal with me, Roscoe. Today I'm joined by, he's one of the most genuine and nicest guys I've met, and his name is Chris. So how are you doing, Chris? Yeah, not too bad today. Um, fresh back from Gran Canaria, so I've been fresher, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in Gran Canaria for three nights, you said? three nights, yeah. was enough. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Could you imagine what seven nights would have been like? I know, exactly. Um, we'd have had to take it a bit easier, but um, it was nice to get some winter sun, though, so definitely feeling the, the positive effects of that. What a shame, what a shame. So for anybody that listens to the podcast, I always ask guests to complete a form and it's asking them topics they like to discuss. And with you, Chris, one of the things that you mentioned in your form was around about the age of 22, 23. That was when you first experienced mental health. So could you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was just as I was finishing my master's, um, which I'd done down in London. And even while I was in London, I love visiting that London as a place, but it just wasn't yeah. the best place for me to live just like came at the end of that period of having gone through school uni masters like everything's kind of laid out at a time where coming into the world at a time where it felt like the world was completely shifting as well politically yeah. um this was 2016 so um we were going through the beginnings of the brexit chaos that we're still in and worldwide sort of events and i just noticed that i felt down like like for the first time i would just have described myself as having like a sort of black cloud over me or just not I was still absolutely like doing my usual thing but I felt like I wasn't enjoying things that I enjoyed normally like nights out or whatever that was I was putting on a face rather than and going through the motions rather than enjoying them so that was definitely something that spooked me a bit and I began to sort of look for sort of try to find a different sort of way forwards than I'd been working towards at that point. It's interesting you say about the dark cloud though, because you were saying like you were able to go day to day and complete everything, and but it was it like this dark cloud was just kind of following you wherever you went. So that was yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah, it was just kind of there. Um, I know. I don't think I really voiced it at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I'd maybe to some folk a few months later, but um, and you were young because twenty two, twenty three yeah. is extremely young. Living in London, did you have a good support network at the time? I I did, but not in London. No, <laughs> so like they were I'd... they were away. They were maybe um, still because I'd been in Aberdeen before. They were maybe up there or just at home um, or sort of scattered around. Um, I'd done quite a lot of travelling prior to that point, so I had folks sort of all over the world which is great but actually in the sort of immediate Aye. needs not many uh, no not many people to kind of reach out to and be able to come over that night or yeah. whatever sort of thing yeah like an immediate response type thing i see i find london it's such a huge city mm. lovely city i love visiting but i could not personally live there you know um i've got friends who live there they absolutely love it they've been there for years and i think they're going to continue probably to, to live there for me it's like i like going but i love coming back yeah no, I feel the same. Like, I always have the best time when I go down and visit, but living there, like I do quite a lot of writing and stuff, which I'll chat about, mm-hmm. no doubt, over the course of this, but yep. 
anything I would write when I was there would very much stuff would be coming out of me feeling very small and very like I don't know like finding the city very oppressive as yes, a aye, size and, and the number of people there and because a busy city figure identity yeah. yourself out there and what you want to do with your life is it's just like a big melting pot in it yeah, in a definitely. way of stuff going on at the time and then did you speak to anybody at all? At that point, no. no. Um, that was just like, oh, head down, figure it out. Um, and did it? Because I think I also, when I lived in London, I very much was like, if people asked me how it was, I felt I was expected to be like, oh, I'm having a great time. Aye. I had like a sort of stock answer of like, oh, it's yes. it's loads of fun, very expensive though, but just kind of gloss it over. <laughs> um, and not trying to get any sort of deeper into it, but yeah. I became aware that I was like, I'm just saying the same thing as I'm not actually. Uh, you're not actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that's just you putting up a front. We all do it. You know, exactly. it's like that persona you put on, the face, the mask. If you're not feeling great, you don't really want to explain. Exactly. You don't want to go into detail. So you just go, I am all right. But, you know, and then maybe change the subject and deflect yeah. in a way. Totally. You don't really want anybody to ask you how you are. Or really, maybe you, you weren't ready to speak to anybody about I it. Yeah, I think it was, to be yeah. honest. Cause it was probably because it was the first sort of real, like, Mm-hmm. beginning to sort of confront myself I guess and I sort of been breezy up to them but I guess it had been in some ways just like one thing sort of led to another but um, at that point I was like okay this is new and I'm going to need to yeah I do sort, of sort of figure it out um, can I ask like the feelings of being down and stuff was there any other kind of symptoms that you had like did you feel anxious was it just low mood I don't even know if it was low mood which was interesting it was just probably definitely a bit anxious it was just like I just wasn't enjoying things as much as I normally did it was probably like I was definitely a generation of social media user yeah. so Aye. you post the glossy yes. photos on yeah, Instagram and, yeah. uh, and everyone does it and just again it's that deflection from how you feel and it maybe sounds dramatic but it was yeah I just was like a noticeable sort of shift in that and like maybe my interests as well I think it's a sort of follow on to what we'll talk about throughout it but um I was also feeling really quite affected by sort of world affairs and the sort of impact of those and I know everyone was really around that time but I definitely maybe it was just like the nature of me studying at the time or whatever like I felt like I was feeling that a lot more strongly than mm-hmm. a lot of people around me as well yeah. which was a bit isolating so I was then sort of trying to seek out I guess people or something that I could have people that I could chat about that with or, or was it the kind of things yeah so I speak about in other podcasts like your tribe mm-hmm. yeah so was it like you were hunting for yeah without necessarily knowing that that was what I was doing at the time but then were you out as well like I, an out gay man yeah I was um, I wasn't comfortable with it though no like which was something that I didn't realise for quite a few years actually uh, like I was out in out in name but not and out yeah. in like I, th- I think that's quite an interesting thing about coming out as well it's like people you say it so then people assume oh right you're comfortable with it and you yeah. can you can dress a bit more flamboyantly or whatever and people are like oh yeah that's people start telling you they're proud of you or whatever for, for doing it um, and entirely you're like nope still haven't got this remotely figured out yeah of course um, but that was something that sort of came to later which I'll okay. chat about um, excellent in uh, sort of post Cali time cool so Chris you mentioned as well in the form that you lived and worked in Cali yeah so can you tell me a wee bit about that what were you doing there yeah of course so I was volunteering um, for quite some time about a year and a half in the end with a couple of different organisations working on the ground there supporting refugees Um, so initially I volunteered for six months with a charity distributing food okay Um, and then after that with an organisation that was like a mobile community centre basically. Aye. Okay. We talked earlier sort of about finding 
your tribe. Yes. Um, and I very strongly sort of felt that, maybe not in those words, but it was definitely like, I just found people that I... You knew that you could feel comfortable with, but also they needed help as much as maybe you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the, the volunteer community there was and is it's like very a whole group of people that are there for the same reason they want to support people yeah. they want to fight back against they see what we see as uh, as injustice and mm-hmm. and was this at a point where there was like a really bad refugee crisis as they say so the situation in cali had been escalating um for a good few years by that point I, I went out in 2017 okay. which was just after the Cali jungle had been sort of bulldozed to the ground um, and Cali kind of went off of the media's radar again as a result of that this um, Cali's jungle so the Cali jungle kind of sprung up following obviously the, the Syrian uh, uh, war escalated okay. um, and Europe extended resettlement program for Syrians and sorry, I, this, this could be a whole other podcast going into this, but um, a whole load of other communities um, also yeah. um, started coming to Europe in higher numbers. Um, yeah. And one of the, well, the, the French border in Cali just is a place where people end up gathering. It's 20 miles from the UK yeah, yeah. and it's not, it's not an easily crossable border. So this sort of shanty town um, sprung ah, up right, okay. and authorities didn't want that to continue. So they, they got rid of the, the space after about two years and just started a sort of policy of evictions and pushing people back and preventing sort of any sort of settlement, which has gone on since, to be honest. Like it's yeah, just been it's five, just, six uh, years now of people getting moved around um, yep. tents and fields and everything and yeah as I say I could I could ramble on for hours <laughs> the thing is as well no, do you know what the listeners will probably agree totally. there doesn't seem to be much of a solution either do you know they don't seem to be coming up with anything it's, I don't know if you agree but it's a typical government tactic it's if you don't see it it doesn't exist exactly you know um, or if you don't deal with it it's like going in with your eyes closed but you know what's happening but you're just completely ignoring the fact that it's there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I sort of went over with like, oh, I'll go and I don't know, chop some food or fold some clothes for a week and yeah. do my bit. And then once you're there, it's like, oh no, this is what's actually happening in the world. Um, Was it quite and, a big surprise? Yes and no. I actually know, the weird thing is like I was talked about sort of having a black cloud before I went into Cali and that lifted when I went to Cali okay. because I almost, it was a weird like relief it's like oh, okay I've been thinking that things are this bad for like in my own head um for a while and then actually seeing that yeah okay they are and there are people that yeah. are willing to fight that and work towards something better or try to anyway I found it all I found it at first like a, a relief to a find those people and b to get out of this sort of pretending yeah. that it wasn't going on yeah. so and I also found I was learning so much um, yeah. and unlearning so much as well um had a very very grateful for my upbringing and for my life um yeah, and saying. how that's been very privileged within that and I but I was also also very <laughs> like grateful to go there and to just unpack and unlearn yeah. so much of that as well and were, to, you, were you told a lot growing up of lies and obviously fed a certain narrative yes and no I wouldn't say from my parents I think my parents are very like activists and like my mom especially and my, my dad is was born in Ghana so I've also had a very like diverse family yeah, um, yeah. who are sort of all over the world which is great 
I think that's definitely shaped me. But in terms of like being fed, like my school and uh, the sort of university path is very much taking you. Yeah, it feels like it's taking you down a path and showing you bits of yes the world, but not. We, I mean, we get taught. I know Tony brought this up in his podcast as well. We get taught nothing about <laughs> the impact of British colonialism then, in yeah. our in our curriculum, aside from the fact that it just. Oh, we had an empire. Uh-huh. Now we don't, um, and it just glosses over just so much atrocity, yeah. which means that it's a complete blank in everyone's minds. Uh, I mean, maybe one day I know he said that could be another podcast. Maybe one day we'll make it. But uh, maybe me, you, and Tony should do a wee, <laughs> I was going to say a three-three way, but you know, <laughs> a wee three-way podcast that would be interesting. That would be interesting because uh, <laughs> so much of the impact of that is why people are in Cali or seeking asylum or seeking safety. Um, and when you're faced with, we so often get the question of. Um, oh, so why are people crossing the channel? Why are people doing that? And it's just like yeah. people want a quick soundbite answer. And actually, ah. it's like right, it's like let's start a hundred years ago or however long ago, um, and like dig into it. Um, well, that's the issue, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It's that whole they want to blame them, but they don't ask themselves the question as to why these people are fleeing. Exactly. Does that make? Because yeah. I've heard comments, I've I've had conversations with people. And all you hear is, and this is in the media, this is news where, you know, kids have maybe died, mm. adults have maybe died. And I have heard people go, well, I mean, if, I mean, it was their own fault. So it was, I mean, mm. it was, they didn't need to cross that border. And you think to yourself, have you for a second thought as to why A, they're crossing and B, what they're going to do when they get there? Mm. Because it's that narrative, of, again, I think it's the media, but also mm. just in our upbringings as well is, they're here to steal from us. You know what I mean? It's that age-old line. It's like they're the bad people because they're coming just to steal everything from us. Or, uh, you know, being told it's like stealing jobs, houses, benefits, money, just lies that have been fed or continue to be fed to us. And we've... Not us too, but, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a nation, fucking believe it. I know. You know? Um, and I mean, I still like work with uh, refugees now. Yeah. Like it was six years ago that I went to Cali, but um, I haven't. I don't, I'm not stayed in Cali, obviously, but I haven't stopped um, working with folk seeking safety. And I, I love it. But was it hard? Yeah. Tough. And we don't stop hearing those same generic comments. Yes. Um, yeah, it was tough. I think the. I mean, one of the first things that sort of gets you is just the sheer privilege of when you need a break, and it was like, okay, cool, I'll just hop back across the channel to the UK and got my passport, I'll pay 40 quid yeah. for the ferry and off I go. And you know that you're leaving folk behind here, building like relationships even though, like as sort of an aid worker, uh-huh. beneficiary relationship um, with who are risking their lives every night to try yeah. and do that or either sleeping rough. So that's one of the first things that really gets you and it just kind of goes from there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people that you know are dying in really horrific circumstances you're seeing kids you're seeing like everything um and obviously the volunteer community as well is just like scrabbling with um all the same sort of emotions and identity and everything that is going on we're all living in like we're living in a static caravan park at that point <laughs> supporting people sleeping rough um did you feel a good connection with the your colleagues at oh. that time in your your volunteer colleagues, yeah. Definitely. So when, yeah, when we say sort of find, finding our tribe, that was definitely, I felt, yeah, I very much felt like I found my people yeah. there, just people who had the same ideals and morals as me yeah. and were trying their damnedest to like, figure stuff out and were, um, 
I think like weird word to use, but like very like like entrepreneurial in terms of like they're setting up organizations, yeah. trying to like to support the needs of people that we're working with and within the sort of confines of what we could. Um, and while all still like battling their own demons as well, yeah, of course, um, yeah. and also like it's not like life stops for people like help people still have health issues and like their parents die or whatever like it's just like yeah. shit still happens uh, in this very sort of heightened context and um for all that like it it was really intense i also the reason i stayed so long is because i also absolutely loved the work um i loved the people i worked with really connected with it and i just constantly was learning something new um i think i eventually just reached a point where it was like well i could like do I just move to Cali yeah, <laughs> um, or uh, go find another place to do this work and to be fair like Cali is just the it, Cali is I would have to just be constantly focusing my life on doing that work and one thing that was beginning to sort of come up for me was that it's it wasn't a place where I could also explore really the other part is my identity, yes. which is my queerness or like whatever. Not that I couldn't within the volunteer community, but it just wasn't a. Yeah, it's not a fun town. No, 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 <laughs> With no, no. no disrespect to collegians, no. um, but uh, so I went to Athens for a little bit just to see if that would work for me. And but I also realized, recognized while I was there that I was very burnt out. Um, what were you doing in Athens? So the charity I was with in Cali uh, also was working in Greece oh, wow. at that point. Okay. Um, so I just went over to uh, check out what they were up to. Yeah. Um, and I was just there for a couple of weeks, actually. But um, yeah, I did a bit of work with them and sort of met people that were, were from the refugee community that were in and around Greece. And that was super interesting. It was like, Cali's very separate. It deliberately sort of keeps people very separate from each other yeah. whereas Athens is a big city like uh, everyone's on top of each other you can go to a bar and uh, chat to people from a refugee background as well as rather than like just disputing aid in the field and like that but I definitely was like I, I preferred that sort of community but I was also like well if I'm looking for that in Athens I can probably find that in Glasgow too in a city where I speak the language yeah. and I've got um, connections and I've got more people around so went back to Cali for a little bit and that was I think where everything kind of started catching up with me from the previous sort of year or so um, and I just like prior to that point I'd felt that if I felt sad about something it was probably because something sad had happened yeah. like but then I just suddenly reached a point where it was like my emotions just were not necessarily like related to what was immediately happening in yes. front of me uh and I would either be really down or really like up and functioning. Um, I mean, I will say like, regardless, I, I do think I'm very high functioning kind of, even when I'm like, Tony like I'm losing that. it. But, yeah, yeah. Tony said that as well though in his podcast, he was like, even at his lowest times and or feeling low, he felt like he was able to function, um, not when he was in London, but when he said he moved back to Glasgow mm. and stuff, there'd be times where he would, you know, start to recognise that things maybe weren't as good as what he thought they were, and but he was able to do, you know, continue related daily life yeah, and stuff. So totally, I definitely was able to do that. Um, so eventually, sort of reached a point where I was like, I should leave, um, as everyone does. I think in sort of their own their own time scale, and like sort of gave myself a couple of weeks to sort of gather myself and leave, um, and which was quite a challenging few weeks as well. There was still like really just some really horrible stuff going on at that point so it was very yeah it was just quite a tough time generally and mm. then I left 
and initially had just like absolute relief that I'd left the place, which was very quickly followed by a summer where I just kind of went through like all the stages of grief. Oh, yeah. I didn't really recognise that that was what was happening no. at the time. Yeah. But so I left in June 2018, May, end of May, start of June 2018. Maybe I had a month where I was like, oh, no, I'm fine, this is good. I don't know what people say that they leave and feel shit. <laughs> and then it just hit me over the head. Uh, like, like so much anger, rage and sadness and anxiety. Like yeah. I was very grateful to my friends that summer. I'd also just very grateful to the fact that actually when I was out doing something fun even just for like one night or something like that I did actually really enjoy it my yeah, head yeah. would clear and I'd be yeah. like I'd feel like myself having a good time but the weeks leading up to it and the week afterwards yeah. I would be all over the place like crippled with anxiety about it um, just like constantly like swithering between um, like Kelly and like what's going on in my mind like hating sort of conversations uh, really struggled like I, don't know, I came back and everyone was really into Love Island <laughs> I just was like don't you understand what's going on <laughs> but the issue is, is like see when you have no interest in that mm. I also felt like an outsider because everybody that I was speaking to around that time was huge fans of the show and mm. I'd never watched mm. it okay <laughs> I don't really understand yeah you know, well, I mean but nobody talks about you know the negative impact that Love Island has had on people that have been on the show but also like the people who watch it it's unrealistic that's another podcast let's, let's <laughs> yeah, steer away yeah, from Love going. Island and, <laughs> uh, any too. Love Island listeners uh, who are offended by my comment don't bother messaging me alright <laughs> <laughs> so anyway back to back to you so yeah I was on just like yeah, yeah grief and everything yeah I think the so yeah I was going through sort of that and then was also experiencing like I, I, this isn't something I spoke to a doctor about at the time or anything, but I was experiencing more intense sides of PTSD or like uh, flashbacks or whatever, and sometimes that would manifest itself sort of in anxiety or like having or like in a conversation it would get triggered to yeah. something. Yeah. Quite often, like experiencing like panic attacks to some yeah, degree yeah, yeah. in places like shopping centres or like just anything that was like I'd previously deemed as like. A normal place yes. that then suddenly felt utterly surreal. Uh, um, so, like a shop centre, a nightclub, uh, I don't know, a flat party or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thankfully, that wasn't all the time. But like that was very intense, which then almost draws you away. It draws you away from those places. And at times, where you're like, oh well, maybe I just go back to Cali because I was more useful there or whatever. Yeah. One thing that I definitely want to sort of talk about is how is the sort of place that I wasn't definitely wasn't expecting like that sort of thing to happen and I like the worst sort of flashback that I had um was actually while I was having sex once and it was on a grinder hookup so I didn't know the guy <laughs> and I he like just touched my arm in a certain way and I was in Cali um I was getting like my arm like like twisted by a police officer while I was there like trying to film what was going on and came out of that just like what the fuck is happening um, and that took a while for me to talk about did you know it was PTSD? Uh, I assumed that was what it was but that was the most intense I ever experienced it okay. and it was this ties into a sort of earlier comment about like comfort around my sexuality and everything as well like I think it happening in that sort of environment like that scenario specifically where I was already feeling a little probably a bit ashamed that I was on a grinder hookup yeah. bit of a mountain like, yeah, out of yeah. uh, just a chance sort of thing which was something that to be honest like I was still processing and dealing with like as recently as like 2021 yeah so there was that um, I kind of came, eventually sort of came out of that 
sort of intense period of grief. It took about a year though. Mm-hmm. By that point, I'd started working at my job that I'm at yeah. now, um, which definitely helped move me forward. A, because it is still working with uh, people seeking refugee protection. Um, I work in comms for a charity. Yeah, support people to sort of share their stories in the media and with other sort of outlets and stuff like that. So I get to meet really interesting people all the time and who have gone through so much as yeah, well. Yeah, so, like, which, yeah. Uh, yep. which gives me the perspective to really get through anything that life throws. I think that's a really like, positive way of looking at it. The only downside to that sometimes is that that can then lead me to dismiss things that actually maybe are bigger issues okay. for me um, that I do actually need to work through because it's like, oh, it's fine. I've not, I've not experienced that, so mm. I'm fine. But actually, yeah. maybe it was something that was quite traumatic or difficult for me. Got any type of help for that period? Yeah, I did start seeking out some help at the start of 2020. So I like had started feeling better sort of towards summer 2019. Things were going well in other parts of my life. But then I went through a period of having like being really stressed at work. Mm-hmm. It was stressful. And again, that was bringing up lots, but it was yeah. also giving me like really intense intrusive thoughts that were really just like becoming really challenging to, it was challenging to, especially with relation to my work. It was becoming yeah. like, okay. I need, need to uh, seek out some help for this. Because it was impacting the relationships? Or? It was just impacting, it was usually happening at work. So uh-huh. then it was impacting, I would then sort of, again, do the sort of fright, like freeze thing or okay. I need to go for like a long walk or something to clear my head. Yeah. So it was impacting my work really. Yeah. Or at least the work, obviously working in a place like that, everyone's got their ups and downs. Yes. Yeah, so I don't very accepting of that. I want to go do, do a good job and I want to yeah, do right with the people to work with. So um, I sought out counselling through my work initially. This is the start of 2020. And I set up counselling for March 2020 and obviously the world had other ideas. <laughs> um, so took me... And then by that point we were in lockdown and I felt like my brain just locked okay. at that point. Um, and I still, again... <laughs> like worked like worked by ourselves got through um, working from home blah 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 but by that point I was like okay I just need to unpick uh-huh. everything because it's just all so clammed up now eventually spoke to a therapist through work for uh, maybe sort of June 2020 um, and started sort of going into stuff and she made the comment um, oh um, just remember that other people have it a lot worse than you. Oh my and god! I oh <laughs> just god. was like, bye. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not a big fan of people saying that, but a professional therapist saying that is just utterly um, it's laughable, but yeah. not not in a funny way, you know? Exactly, it's, exactly. It's like I'm like I, I work with people who have fled fucking horrors. Like uh-huh. I'm fully fucking aware that I've got it quite good, but I, at the same time, I wouldn't. I, it's taken me so long. To reach out to someone to speak about this. Exactly. First thing you say, like that's the sort of thing I say to myself. Mm-hmm. But like I've obviously reached a point where that's not helpful mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So I need to talk it out with someone. Yes. And automatically she just made herself someone that I don't want to speak to. Yeah, of course. And I can I guess was that the end of that? That was the end of that. <laughs> then things kind of opened up that summer, so it was like, oh no, okay, maybe it was just locked down, blah blah blah. I knew it wasn't, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and deflect 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 <laughs> deflect uh, keep going on um, I moved in with some pals rather than living at home so like just sort of changed my environment all the rest of it um, but yeah it put me off uh, seeking therapy out for like another year 
uh, by which point I really needed it, which leads us kind of probably okay. quite healthily on to everything else. But if, if there's anything else that's sort of come up there. So you mentioned there that you moved in with your, your pals, and how was that? Yeah, I mean, definitely the change that I needed at that point in lockdown, but we're all clearly like struggling at that point. Uh, I think stuff yeah. was clearly coming up for all of us yeah. um, that was beyond the initial situation. One yeah. of them had been in Cali with another who I just met at that point, but she'd been volunteering in a sort of another uh, space that okay. similar sort of people around. So stuff had come up for all of us during lockdown, and we our lives sort of came together quite quickly. We definitely had a sort of like golden period as a flat, um, where super fun. These they're still two of my closest friends, so yeah. that's not changed. And obviously, we were in lockdown, so we had to find other ways to sort of entertain ourselves yes. um, throughout throughout quite a bleak year. Things were just going wrong for so many people. I'm grateful to have not lost anyone to COVID, but so many people were on the edge with like <laughs> various other parts of mental and physical health throughout that time that was just like an extremely sort of challenging year to get through day to day just sort of picking up pieces as you go so yeah when we were having our weekends it was like oh let's well we'll party let's drink more let's like take this take that i'm not like uh i, don't know, I do i love a night out i love, I love a party i'm not a big drug user nor was i that year really yeah. <laughs> like comparatively but for me I was taking more than I normally would, okay. like at the weekends or whatever, and maybe just sort of pushing Beyond the boat out as to, as to what, what I was comfortable with. And so we got through sort of Christmas that year, and then sort of January time, I just felt like I, my brain was just like going through something. <laughs> um, I was changing, I'd still actually been on the sort of management team for the charity I'd been with in Cali yeah. for about so we're talking about three years after I'd left at that point um, and that had been getting really really stressful I'd made the decision to step down from that yeah. which was a big moment it was almost it was leaving Cali again uh, yeah. um, so that brings up a lot of emotions also we're in mental lockdown I was changing jobs at my work as well like just shifting roles there so that was a change um, after a very stressful year of work there too I was also just sort of in lockdown we had a lot of time to think about ourselves and reflect and, and reflect. Yeah, I so, suppose it gave us too much time to I think it did. <laughs> yeah you know it's definitely beneficial for mm. myself and other friends that I have but there was times where it was like okay this needs to be over now because yeah, yeah the self-discovery that we were going through and it got to a point where it was like right I need to discover this self-discovery mm -hmm. do you know what I mean totally. I need to I fix like it I know now, yeah, I but know. I can't actually go out and act on it I actively <laughs> do yeah. anything about it it was like you were still kind of stuck in that, that prison mode wasn't it definitely so yeah it was having all sorts of like realising stuff around uh, sexuality and sex for example and like okay. just stuff like that so like all of that was kind of happening which I'm happy to sort of go back on in a bit but yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah we had basically a sort of two weeks for <laughs> just like into ahead I started a new job I stepped down from Infoba, from the uh, organisation I was with in Cali I like was sort of going through all this working from home friends like having all sorts of crises here there and everywhere and that weekend we were like let's take acid I already was in an absurd headspace that week like it was like <laughs> had you taken it before? 
I had taken it before, but years ago, like once or twice, like at Glastonbury, um, <laughs> a different experience. Yeah. I think we'd taken we'd taken like some sort of mild psychedelic the weekend before, just that week, like because it was all having all that change. Like Aye. my brain was just like already like having like this weird like clarity, which was really interesting. But I absolutely should not have then added to that. Yeah. But we had nothing else to do, and <laughs> had been having a really good day. Took. Uh, what was I think quite strong <laughs> I actually to be fair because I was in such a good headspace had a good night but um, one of the people with us really didn't which I won't go into too much but no, it, just was, no, no. it was yeah, a lot okay. I think I held it together for about four days after that still working away from home on my Zoom calls do my calls whatever I had a sort of big deadline which I got to got something over the line something really positive actually Aye. and quite exciting did that and then my brain, like, I just felt my brain just like nope <laughs> we're done <laughs> like I just all I remember really from that month is just like barely being able to sleep like racing through stuff Aye. like it just was like anything and everything yeah. that had ever been like an issue Aye. Like, people don't understand sometimes you actually go back to like teenage years mm, I, I wasn't and it's obscure I was in childhood yeah. like I was like Aye. went way back to like being like three in a car crash <laughs> to like shit coming up from teenage years through like primary school stuff like just everything and I just remember lying there one night it's just like everything was just like coming at me yeah no it was just this cascade of trying to sort of explain yourself to people and just going like not really making sense because right. it's just like oh and this thing and that thing and that thing and getting completely derailed in the conversation it makes total sense to you yeah 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 like, it's just like it's too much for people yeah. to hear and I think I weirdly was very lucky in the the period of time that this was um february 2021 lockdown everyone was just everyone was having a shit time yeah. so people had time to listen <laughs> um and also but also at the same time it was for all that it was i was going through that there was also some really positive stuff coming out of it okay which i very much was able to like cling on cling to, on to. were you able to focus in on it as well yeah yeah so i think again it's where i was lucky the time that it was had I had to go into work, uh, might have been a bit more challenging uh, yeah. to keep up working, but because I could do it from home, home yeah. I could work when I was feeling Aye. rational and then rest. Take that time to rest. Yeah. Yep. yep. Makes and like sense. get through it. And obviously could like found it was a bit challenging with work so I couldn't go into full detail about why I didn't want to go into full detail with about like exactly what had gone on, but yeah. they could definitely tell that something's uh something something was up. We're very patient with me as I navigated okay. that. The yeah, so that was a very sort of challenging month. Um like doctors gave me beta blockers which were really helpful for And did you find them helpful? Um, possibly even just as like a placebo okay. effect yeah. I was just like it's something like to I really wanted to get pull through that because I was like there's been some really there's some really positive stuff happening yeah. too and it was almost like I saw because going back to like the start of lockdown where I felt locked mm. I've become quite intense to unlock myself quite as much as I did mm. but like it really unraveled yeah. everything so it was like okay the way through is just like clearing all this like garbage out um, and once I just kind of strongly felt that, like I'll give this good shit to go through but once I get through it Aye. Um, I will be in a better place which and like one of the sort of key things coming up was around definitely sexuality okay I hadn't yeah I was sort of realising how much I'd not actually felt 
comfortable okay. in your sexuality. That, um, and or I'd like maybe stalled with that. I'd be that I was gay, sort of opened up more about actually like bisexual or mm-hmm. pansexual is more um, accurate in different ways at different times and like yeah. not a sort of clear cut isn't it thing, though, is but, it? Um, it's like people <laughs> and I think people kind of want again going back to people just want a, a clear and cut answer mm-hmm. and it's like when it comes to sexuality I don't think there is really a clear yeah. cut because I think sometimes as well like you said it depends on how you're feeling in your mood mm-hmm. in that time you know like Totally. So that was, but I, I actually found that quite an exciting sort of thing, and I felt I have felt a lot more confident, confident in myself, and comfortable in myself since having that sort of realization. Even though at the time was a very, I felt like quite an intense revolution. Aye. Actually, was because I mean that was how a lot of things were coming out as well. And in that headspace, it was very like I'd have this like really deep like processing time, and then it would just suddenly like bubble up yeah. as like a revelation. It was surreal to go through, to be honest, and very hard to explain at the time it was one of those things that you had to like just <laughs> work through it and then yeah. talk about later um so i did speak to i spoke to that work therapist again i don't really know why i went back to her other than it was free and uh, she was able to speak to me like yeah. that week rather than like waiting for waiting lists yeah, of <laughs> um, course I, absolutely. and then i also joined the waiting list for lgbt health and well-being okay who i then had a fantastic series of um, sessions with that summer once I'd sorted my head out a bit um, and that was just great for like just getting some like other stuff out I dealt with and they were really good at just like meeting me where I was um, and a complete contrast a complete, to yeah. that initial contact that you'd had with that woman you know totally totally because um, I get like the, the other um, the one through work like the second time I spoke to her like after all that had gone on um, that was when she said something like I said something and she was like oh that, I think that's above my pay grade I was like I just I don't know what you're here for uh, <laughs> like, uh, if, like if either it's not a big enough deal for you to want to deal with let's talk about or it's too you, big a deal like what is your purpose yeah. like how have you how are you certified like I actually want to see your qualifications I know I was like I don't know, you know? I've, I've had better conversations with pals like, aye, aye. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but you know what though Chris what's terrifying is is she's not just an isolated incident no. I've heard so so many people actually pay uh, for sessions and not a therapist are the same you know no, I mean, that's just like one know. isolated incident and a few because there's for every two dickhead therapists there's a thousand who are absolutely fantastic exactly. you know exactly. and like you said that experience you had with LGBT youth you know you would highly recommend mm. yeah couldn't recommend them more honestly yeah. um, and did you just did you feel more comfortable because they it felt like they did understand you and I felt like just not yeah I do think that was part of it in that I was with people that like A were immediately gonna understand uh-huh. sort of identity issues or sexuality yeah, yeah. but also just like not like, I wouldn't have to bring that up yes, not even yes. like if, if it wasn't necessarily relevant it's just like that was a student based level Aye, of course there was yeah. something there and that just made me feel a lot more comfortable so I like fully recommend that um, whereas I just never yeah didn't feel comfortable Pulling off of the other room to then like necessarily go into everything, but like, I could talk about uh, sex and sexuality with with LGBT health and well-being. Like, but you're so like they've no. heard it all before, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and worse. And like, worse. There's no uh, 
Like, but you're never, no you are never going to bring it up to that woman. No, never, you? never. Because I like, hate that. to think what she just said. Uh, <laughs> oh, she'd have probably been a Christian and fucking oh, her Bible know. out, you know what I mean? Just One of them ones. Totally. Well, I find myself like having, like, sort of appeasing her. This, this, is, right, this is ridiculous. Um, this isn't helping me at all. But, no, I was glad to find that. And I do also, like, I write a lot. Okay. Um, like, so... What type like, of writing? Um, so, it was... When I was in Cali, it was very much like keeping a sort of reflective blog about what was going on there, and then that sort of turned into quite a reflective blog about myself okay. um, and like exploring just mental health and identity okay. and all the rest of it. Sort of is afterwards, this, is this blog av- available for it listeners? Is, and can I post yeah, a link to it? Absolutely, yeah, thank um, you. I'll be doing that then. Brilliant. I've not actually pulled. I've not actually shared anything on it for over a year now but there's loads on there from Aye. the Cali days especially so if you wanted to read more just about yeah. what that was like then um, Aye. I think absolutely it's on there um, and then and also actually the sort of 2021 period that I've talked about as well there's a few sort of explorations there too um, I write a lot for work as well um, so I'm now trying to do more fiction writing okay. in my own time uh, which is why I've not blogged as much recently because I when I've taken the time to write I'm trying to just do it in a different way and yeah. sort of explore some ideas through fiction now that I've got the headspace like what was utterly surreal about 2021 is that when I did come out of all that like my head was back uh-huh. like in a way that I hadn't been for like quite some time yeah. and it's and it wasn't in like a manically like clear sort of way it wasn't in like I don't know it wasn't in a way that ignores what was going on or doesn't like doesn't still have to sort of deal with stuff um, but I'd been like better than I've been at it's lasted which is amazing um, which is amazing and like something I don't take for granted <laughs> at all um, and like that's been good it's been I've been able to step forward like join the rugby team has also been a f- phenomenal thing like for me um, I felt like joining that straight out of lockdown being able to get out of my head and yeah. just run around um, and meet new people and yeah. meet folk more folk who have I've not similar experiences, but definitely have also gone through the whole, like, exploring identity, yeah. grinder hookups, like, yeah. all that sort of stuff um, has just been great. Yeah, I've just found it such a positive space for me to be in. And it was kind of like, when I first started that, I was doing, I would, like, finish work, I'd go to the car, do my therapy session, and then drive off to rugby. It was just, like, a really, like, nice, like, start of something yeah. new moving forward, which was good. So, going through that, and having those types of experiences where are you now like where's your head at now good honestly um i think that yeah i mean i learned so much from just like all of that and going through all that and where my brain was um weirdly yeah coming out of all of it i have been in a much stronger headspace and and not in a a sort of up or down way it just has has been it's just sort of stable stable which is nice it doesn't mean that i don't get impacted by stuff it doesn't mean that stuff doesn't flare up occasionally but I've learned how to manage it. Yes. And I think what I also sort of take from it is that, like, I don't take that for granted. Like, but what I've sort of learned is that when things are good and stable, then you keep moving forwards, yes. you plan for the future, you get, like, stuff going. And then when things are bad, then you hunker down and yes. get through the day in yeah. whatever, whatever sort of way you need to do it. Um, but I've been very grateful for stable, fun, like, <laughs> enjoyable, uh, sort of couple of years since all that um, and yeah and thankful for all the connections you've got oh absolutely and yeah the, the connections that you've made since then you know definitely um, and actually yeah I, 
one thing I actually didn't mention earlier is just general how thankful I am for the friendship groups that I have and having yeah. like quite a wide-ranging diverse group of friends to yeah. f- fall upon in these times yeah. um, and people from different parts of my life as well who know me through different sort of periods and um, I don't know I just I very much felt a lot of support good um, throughout all of this going on yeah. which would have uh, been a lot more challenging without that so oh, absolutely um, yeah very uh, very glad yeah. for that I mean one thing I'll say is uh, it sounds really nice and I'm glad that you are where you are now you know from hearing what you've gone through and to get to this point is pretty phenomenal so yeah good on you thanks um, I will also say there was like weirdly lots of good times in those years as well yeah, yeah. like um, obviously sort of dealt on the <laughs> the purpose of this was to go into the, <laughs> the, the, the hard stuff but yeah there was a lot of really positive experiences Good. in those few years as well which I do when I look back on that time I'm like oh well yeah I knew I was going through that it's not yeah, to yeah, d- yeah. diminish it no 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 um, but again just very glad to have had so many like good memories in, 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 in that space too um, which is ultimately I think what gets you through or gets me that definitely gets me through anyway definitely absolutely well I think that's a good way to end the podcast so listening to your story and I think all the listeners will be absolutely like I said fascinated by it and so I will put a link to the blog that you've got um, so that if anybody's interested they can read about that part of your life and stuff which I will be <laughs> yeah I'd love to read more about it so yeah but thank you so much for coming I do appreciate it absolutely you know I think you're a cracking guy so I appreciate you taking the time out to come to my podcast and telling your story so thank you Chris thank you very much for having me I've enjoyed it oh good good well if there's ever a part do uh, <laughs> let me know yeah definitely <laughs> so I will end it how I always end it it's if you are struggling please reach out it's okay to not be okay if anybody that you know is maybe struggling please reach out to them always be kind to yourself to each other kindness costs nothing remember so yeah just be kind to each other and I will be back with a new episode very soon so I will speak to you all later so everyone that was this week's episode of Your Right Pal by me Roscoe Burns I hope you enjoyed today's episode the intro and outro music is brought to you by Laundry on the Wire by Holinzinka CC0. I've been your host Roscoe Burns and as always, look out for one another, look after yourself and remember, you're never alone. Just want to say thank you so much for listening and remember and never forget, there's always support, alright? Alright?